Hello, everybody. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast of Hashtag Life Goals. At first, I'm like, oh, kind of cool. I'll get to see some news while I pump my gas. Except for they only play the same 30-second news clip over and over again. And guess what? It takes more than 30 seconds to pump gas. There are times when I'm like, oh, I actually need this. Like, I do need a computer. I do need a tablet for my job that I do. But at the same time, I can get very distracted and kind of veer off and just not focus. Each week, we go over one of our hashtag life goals, and we look at what steps we need to take to make those goals our reality. I felt like a crotchety old lady when I was watching this, and I'm like, stupid kids today. I'm like, this is what's wrong with kids today. But then that scene just proved to me how fast everything is moving and how quickly our world is changing. So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hey guys, welcome back to episode, is, is it episode three already? We're already Amy? up to episode three. How, how's it happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like we started this journey where it was all this buildup and then we started recording and it was like so exciting. Yeah. Well, welcome to Hashtag Life Goals. I'm Amy Covell. And I am Chelsea Wingo. And today's topic, Hashtag Overstimulation. Overstimulation. This is definitely going to be an interesting one because I feel like... This is something that I personally struggle with a lot, so hopefully with all the information and research and topics that we discuss, we'll be able to find ways to be able to overcome it and not get so distracted, especially with today's generation. It's just, there's so much, there's so much going on. Yeah, there is. And I think it's something that everybody struggles with in one form or another. There's Mm -hmm. so much media available to us now and so many ways for us to consume it that even... It started to permeate more than just, say, our free time, but it permeates our work day, our school day, and without even realizing, we'll be carrying around three or four devices to use media on. Yeah. Like in my purse, I've, you know, I've got my phone, I've got my laptop, sometimes I have my tablet, sometimes I also have my Kindle, like, and then, you know, then I get in the car and I've got the radio, let alone my own thoughts rolling around my brain, like, that's a lot. Yeah, I'm counting it all in my head right now. That is definitely a big, like, heaping soup of a Kindle this, a, like, half a teaspoon of a tablet, and, like, a full cup of... Sorry, I don't mean to turn this into a cooking show. It's just the visualiz- visualization I'm getting right now. But this is the right recipe now. for our overstimulated no, society exactly. today. I mean, I also... What I do, honestly, every morning is I get up... When I make my breakfast, I turn on the TV to watch YouTube through Xbox. I have my laptop there, and I also have my phone out. So that way I'm checking on stuff while I'm making breakfast, while I'm listening to stuff on the TV, while I'm doing something on my phone. Right, and that's just the start of your day. That's before you've even had any face-to-face with another human being. Exactly. My best friend is apparently the internet, which, as my father has quoted, is the best and worst invention of the world. And I completely agree with him. For sure. Yeah, exactly. But before we get into it, let's recap tiny little bit. Amy, how was your weekend and did you do anything related to your hashtag life goals? Well, life goals related. I did have some meetings this week. I met with a few producers that I work with and we talked about some projects coming up. So there are some exciting things coming down the pipeline, uh, but no major huge progressions this week. Uh, Sorry guys, if you can hear the sound like I've got a frog in my throat. 
Um, it's been really rainy in LA and that always makes my allergies worse. And then yesterday I took one of the kids to Disneyland and I think that was just the last straw for my voice. So like my whole mid range is gone. Well, at least it pro- hopefully it ended on a big bang while you were going down a roller coaster. You're like, yippee-ki-yay! We did start and end the day on roller coasters, started on Space Mountain, and we ended on the Incredicoaster. I um, I was doing a French scavenger hunt um, with her. So this is the child that I tutor in French. And so I create her these little scavenger hunts that we go do something fun, and she has all of these clues that are in French that she has to, that she has to translate and that'll lead her to the next place. So like for Disneyland, we had like five or six clues for every section of the park. So it was really fun. Wow. That sounds awesome, Amy. Um, I'm very jealous that you got to go to Disneyland yesterday, but I mean, you go there all the time regardless. So why should I care? I, I do. I do. I have an annual pass, but actually my annual pass is expiring this month. So there Ooh. will be less Disneyland in the future for me. And what are you complaining about? You went with me last time. That it was is only true. a couple months ago. Yes. And we were dressed up in Halloween costumes. Well, not Halloween costumes because they don't do that. They let you do No, Disney they let back. you do, they let you do Halloween costumes. Oh, but no, that's they, a that's a rumor. No, you're allowed to wear Halloween costumes. You're allowed to dress as Disney characters. You just can't have a screen perfect costume where a child might mistake you for being one of their actual cast members. Got it. And that's where Disney bounding came in, and that'll be for a whole other section. But, <laughs> yes. but we did have a lot of fun. I went as hipster Ariel, and I went as I was trying to be Laura Croft, but I think my look ended up being more Sarah Connor Terminator. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> both, both, but yeah. yeah, it was effective. You looked great. Oh, thank you. I, the wig I wore, I only lasted eight hours, guys, so then Amy had to... More than me. I don't, I don't wear wigs. I can't do it. I commit to the character, okay? <laughs> commit all you want. Those wigs are heavy. It's very heavy, and you had to carry it throughout the park in your bag, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah, that's why I got the mom purse. <laughs> So what did you do over the last week, Chelsea? Hashtag life goal related or otherwise. The last couple of days have been a little bit crazy. This past weekend, it was more side hustle related, but I was pet sitting my brother's boss's dog for the weekend while she Say was away. Say that three times. Brother's, brother's boss's, boss's dog, dog. Brother's boss's dog. Brother's boss's dog. Nailed it. So I was doing that over the weekend. So I was kind of confined to my apartment, but Amy came over and we had some fun times, you know, watching some TV, making a meal together helping me with the dog because he's very strong when walking, so needed some help with that. We were very domestic. Exactly. And then yesterday specifically, I was kind of handed some stuff last minute to work on along with other... Yes, you were. Yes. And with other like... And then on top of that, I was getting more, you know, hard drives and media regarding other projects I'm working for for the next two weeks. So life goals related, that's more kind of like getting more independent work so that way I'm more financially independent. So that's a good thing. Little mentally exhausted. It might be a little more all over the place than usual, guys. So if I sound like that, I apologize. But even though the work is sort of draining me a little bit mentally, it's helping me towards, you know, that goal. It's of, where you want to be. Exactly, so, I mean, yeah. It's not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's just, it's a little tiring. But yeah. But at the same time, you can get just as tired when you're overstimulated. So why don't we jump into that next segment of research for overstimulation, shall we? Sounds good, Chelsea. Tell me, what did you find? 
I found a lot. We'll start with this first article from Science Daily. It was written back in October of last year. It was a study from the San Diego State University of these two psychologists, and they did a study that indicated that more screen time associate, was associated with uh, kind of a lower well-being or of self for kids that were aged between ages 2 and 17. And one of their quotes that they had was, even after only one hour of screen time daily, children and teens may begin to have less curiosity, a lower self-esteem or lower self-control, less emotional stability in their life, and also a greater inability to finish tasks. See, our moms are right. If you sit in front of them and stare at the TV, you're, it will turn your brain to mush. It will. But and see, one hour a day and it's turning our brains to mush. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel that it's, it's, it's definitely just very interesting because especially in now in today's age and society, we rely on it so much. Like, honestly, it's- We beca- do. We do. Everyone's got a smartphone. Homeless people have smartphones. And it's like when you meet that one rando person who just never moved over and they've still got like the little flip phone, you're just like, I don't understand. How do you, how do you live? Just basically because we have so much of this media, so much of this internet and so much of the social media, we have access to everything that is around us. And so it's just so easy as a click of a button. We don't have to kind of, you know, you don't have to work for it anymore. Exactly. You need to research something. You type it into Google, you type it into Yahoo, or you type it into Bing. You know, when when I was a kid, we could type it into the computer. That was starting to become a thing. Google wasn't out yet, but you could do some research on the computer. But you still really had to go to the library. You had to check out books or you had to look through reference, you know, books and photocopy it because you couldn't take it out of the library. That's become a thing of the past. Yeah. It's more with today's day and age. It's more, it's more convenience rather right. than taking the steps to you know, take this information and photocopy it, write it down, have it more ingrained in their brain rather than, oh, let's just do this, a quick type in, oh, right. I have this. And all okay. these advances in technology have helped us to be more productive as a society. But I think we're starting to hit that tipping point where we go from it helping us be more productive to it causing us to be less productive. Yeah, and I think that's a fine line to kind of like find little like balance point of like how much is too much how much is not enough because even as me as a 26 year old there are times when I'm like oh I actually need this like I do need a computer I do need a tablet for my jobs that I do but at the same time I can get very distracted and kind of you know veer off and just you know not focus Mm -hmm. Uh, the next piece of information from that article was that it was found that adolescents who had over seven hours of screen time were twice as likely as those spending one hour to have been diagnosed with anxiety, depression, and have some tendencies of having suicidal thoughts, plans, and yeah, I'm not going to get further into that. <laughs> right. So with all of this extra screen time means they're actually spending less interfacing time with human beings in the real world. And so that's what's help that's what is creating all of these feelings of agitation and anxiety, which leads to depression and then to suicidal ideation. Yeah. I mean I mean, even now at my age, there are times when I'm going onto many different screens at once and I will notice when I start to feel like I'm more tense or I'm more snappy than I normally am, like, okay, I need to go and take a break. 
I can't imagine what it would have been like if this social media right here now was what it was 10 years ago or 13 years ago when I was that same age. Like I can very true. only imagine. So it's a, a, a little interesting and scary, I, I kind of want to say, but I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how our society and our world progresses from here. Um, like I said, I feel like we're starting to get to kind of a tipping point. Yeah. That's another piece of information um, that was kind of interesting. Among preschoolers, those that were in that were using higher uses of screen time uh, were more likely are twice as likely to lose their temper, and then forty six percent of them will more likely not calm down when they're overexcited. Okay, about so, that, that. so what that means is, is when your two year old is throwing a temper tantrum or is annoying the crap out of you in the grocery store, don't just hand them your phone to play with because guess what, it's just going to be worse. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember who said it, but there is. Um, there was someone, I can't remember the name of who said this, but they said that internet and social media is basically as addictive as sugar and crack cocaine. And I can highly believe that because there are times when I'm like, where's my phone? I need my phone. I need it. Ah! And I freak out and I have a panic attack. But then after a while, sometimes when I'm away from it, it's like, oh, okay, I guess I didn't You're need You're okay. It. I remember there was a period, I mean, this was even... I mean, I was still a big social media person, but this is before a lot of the social media we have now. So we're talking about 10 years ago. Um, I went through a period where my phone was broken and my doorbell at my house didn't work either. And my boyfriend kept like sending our friends to go check on me because he was worried because he couldn't reach me. And he's like, she's all alone. Her phone doesn't work. And it was the most peaceful week. (laughs) Yeah, because there are those moments when you are... You know, I've seen, I've heard stories and seen people actually, like, I've seen it lately on YouTube where they take a mental health break, where they actually, you know, shut off their phones or get away from social media or the internet and they do something else instead of kind of look at screens all day to kind of be able to get their sanity back and to get their creativity back. And it's just like... Does that strike you as ironic? Yeah. That there are YouTube <laughs> videos about not watching too many YouTube videos? I, <laughs> No, it is very ironic because... I mean, I'm glad that they're choosing to take that challenge and, you know, and want to share their findings with others, but it's just, that's super ironic. No, it definitely is ironic because for YouTubers, I feel, because I watch a lot of YouTube, it is their job to sort of be social media influencers. They should be good social media influencers. Some of them are not, but we're not getting into that today. But it is their job to provide lots of media, to provide lots of... um kind of entertainment or education, content, 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 exactly. So it definitely is a little ironic that they make a video about it, but at the same time, it's sort of for their job, but it also in a way, it will bring awareness. So that way people that are watching the videos will be like, oh, I should step back and I should take a mental health break and not, you know, engage so much with the screens in front of me. So, right. Yeah. So, so I understand that it's definitely a bit ironic. So it's like, yeah. you see both sides. <laughs> okay, so we've heard about how all of the use of social media and consuming media and screen time is affecting kids. Yeah. What did you find about adults? Oh, this is where it gets good. Because <laughs> the adults are just as bad as the kids, in all honesty. There was this interesting article at Insights, I believe is what it was called, uh, back in July. And it was saying how U.S. adults spend half their day 
interacting with the media. So it's not just the internet. It would be you know, TV, I radio. I believe that because, you know, yeah. we just talked about how you start your day. Yeah. And then you're on your computer all day for work. And yeah. then what do you do to unwind at the end of the night? Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm trying to get more into video games, but still, that's screen time. So it's still screen time. You're just trying to switch up what kind of media you're consuming, so it's not all. So you're not just sitting and streaming or watching TV. Yeah, but think about it. Like all the hours we're awake, how much of that time do we not have a screen in front of us? Yeah, yeah, no, because I think it's some- not even while we're driving. While we're driving, people have screens in front of them. Yeah. You know, whether they're just getting directions <laughs> from their cell phone or their GPS mm-hmm. or they're Snapchatting while they're driving or they or how about all of the Uber drivers that have like the dash cam, not a dash cam, but like facing like, mm-hmm. you know, to their passengers. It's like media is like all weaved throughout our entire day, and even in the places that we know we shouldn't be using it. Yeah. Do, do you want to hear how many hours adults? Well, we said that it was like seven hours is like one of the uh, mar- uh, benchmarks for kids. What's the benchmark for adults? In this article, in the 2018 Nielsen Total Adult Audience Report, American adults can spend over 11 hours listening, watching, reading, or in general interacting with media. 11 hours. Yeah. So that's pretty much most of the time we're awake. Okay. So say, say you're good and you get eight hours of sleep a night. Say you've got about an hour routine in the morning, getting ready, showering or whatever, and maybe an hour routine at the end of the night doing whatever you got to do that we're up to 10 hours. So there's 14 hours left in our day and 11 of those are spent in front of a screen. Yes. And they're about around 35% of it is specifically for TV slash streaming TV. So like Netflix or Hulu, things like that. So I have definitely been guilty of sitting on my lunch break at previous jobs <laughs> and watching a TV show on yeah. my phone. I mean, we recently this weekend just watched the first episode of Sex Education. It's great, by the way. Check it out. And then you go ahead and you binge watch the entire season. I did. You I did. did. <laughs> so you're the perfect example right there. I did, I did right it all there. on Sunday evening. But we'll, we'll get to... That's actually not that bad because I will yeah. tell you that's actually part of one of my strategies. It'll make more sense when we get there. I've got another article that is... Um, I think the name is it Kirati, I believe is the name of it. Um, it is. Uh, it was an article that was depicting the um, trends of 2018 because this was released back into the beginning of last year in January of the kind of predictions and expectations for 2018 as a whole, along with some statistics. Uh, Some of those were that 2018 would be a challenging year for internet marketers, which... So this is the marketing statistics, This is the marketing statistics, So we've done kids, we've done adults. Adults. Now we're moving into the business side. The business side, yeah, exactly. How they were saying that some of the expectations and predictions were that for 2018, it would be a challenging year for internet marketers. For sure. They're all having to change their strategies constantly as the way we consume media changes. Yeah. Uh, They also said that mobile optimization is more critical, which I say yes, because there are definitely times when I'm either shopping or doing stuff on my phone a lot more than on my computer. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely use my phone more. Yeah, you use your phone more. And so, yeah, so I definitely see way more ads on my phone 
and pay more attention to them than the ones that pop up in my browser when I'm on my computer or the commercials on my television. Yeah. And then the multi-screen usage is expected to increase a lot. And that is 110% yes. <laughs> That's totally true. So um, while we're developing the reality show that I've mm-hmm. been working on, um, we, they have, we have an app that goes along with that. And so we did a lot of research too on the use of multiple screens. And if you notice, a lot of the big TV shows on... I would say your network TV, your Fox, your CBS, mm-hmm. your ABC, and your NBC, there are so many companion apps. So, you know, whether it's, oh, tweet live with us while we do the show, or go on your phone and vote, or play the game based on the show on your mobile phone, they're trying to get you from every angle. Yeah, no, it's just it's just reminding me more and more of how social media with that aspect, the marketing, literally the marketing like industry and what that will always be like the number one kind of like productive and income or whatnot. Cause whenever well, I mean, they're who funds it. I mean, radio yeah. is, you know, 99% funded by advertisement. Exactly. Television funded by advertisements. And then when social media blew up, then that became funded by advertisements. It's just, right. it's never going away. It's never going away. It's always there. Ugh. Uh, another piece of information for marketing, 84% of marketers feel that a comprehensive cross-device strategy is essential for success. So that's basically what you just summarized regarding yeah. that. Which yeah, is- you've got to be able to get them on multiple devices. I mean, look at us. Uh, follow us at Life Goals Pod on both Twitter and Facebook. No, that is true. We do do that. So I'm being very critical of those people. Yeah, I'm not even acknowledging that we do it as well, but right. it's, it's well, so you, ingrained. The, you can't, you can't villainize it. This is just yeah. the way that our society has developed. This is how we have changed. Um, and so the question isn't really about what's good, what's bad. It's more about how to balance. No, no, you're totally right. I, I shouldn't be vi- vi- villainizing it. Apologies. Villain. Villainizing. It's just, yeah, it's just, I've had conversations with other people and friends of how they don't like how this is what we're doing and what, what kind of direction we're heading towards. But at the same time, it's necessary for our jobs, our careers, and kind of going down that path. I mean, those especially that are, you know, influencers or editing or freelancers or working in the film industry, it's essential. But then where's that balance between work and play and then communication versus validation. Right. So it's just, right. Uh, man. Wow. That was a lot of research in that. Yeah. Lots. A lot of, <laughs> a Ooh. lot of stuff. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I feel better about the world. <laughs> no, I know. I'm with you there. I'm just like, I'm overstimulated right now with all the information that we were okay. talking about. Okay. <laughs> right. Like I, yep. I can feel my anxiety rising. Okay. So let's discuss our personal struggles with overstimulation because the only way we're going to be able to get to the, like the solution and strategy side yeah. is by diving in with both feet and all five screens and showing what our issues are with overstimulation personally. I like how you went for five screens as like the average number and maybe not go to like 11 or 12 or, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking that high of a number. I'm not I'm a just, creep in a basement with a wall of TVs surveilling the entire neighborhood, okay? Okay, so let's actually get into our habits. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to do this? How do you want to break it um, down? I'll go first. That's fine. Um, 
Okay, so my overstimulation habits really kind of stick to two categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not crazy on social media. Like I check my social media just about every day, but I don't spend a whole lot of time on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most time I spend on social media is actually maybe middle of the night if I wake up to use the restroom. It'll take me 10 more minutes to fall back to sleep and I'll like look around on social media on my phone, but that's about it. My issue is playing games on my cell phone. <laughs> um, you guys can play me at Words with Friends. Just look for me out there. <laughs> I will I friend you time. afterwards <laughs> for this. <laughs> I always am looking for another friend. <laughs> um, and then watching TV. So I definitely often have TV on at home, at least in the background. Uh, but the cell phone games are really killing me. I said, now, I am also a video gamer. And I have like every game system and I'm not using them because if I use my game system, I'm using it on my TV. And so that gets in the way of me being able to watch TV while playing a game on my phone. (laughs) So like if I played my Xbox, I wouldn't be able to do two things at once. I could just be playing the Xbox. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at you, but at the same time, as I described my morning YouTube routine, that is what I do. I watch something on my Xbox YouTube, and then I play a cell phone game while doing so. Yeah, no, I understand the appeal of wanting to do two things at once. Sometimes it's three for me, but I understand. Multitasker, but sometimes it actually gets in the way of me being able to enjoy stuff. Um, And this is a clear example. Yeah, just 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 side question is. I mean, people have coined multitasking is a real thing. It's not. The reason I'm bringing this up is that I, there are some times where I'll watch like a lot of like documentaries or like there's this one, I forget what it was called. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of research that says it is a thing. There's a lot of research that says it isn't, but it's actually, it's a little more nuanced than that because it's, it's, it's more of a DNA thing. Okay. So women are actually capable of multitasking. Oh, look at us. Men are less capable of it. Now, okay. if you don't believe me, there is a Mythbusters episode that is hilarious to watch. Love Where they put both females and males through the same routine. And the males are like pulling their hair out by the end of it because they can't, they're trying to get everything done and they can't bounce back and forth. Um, it's just kind of the way our brains are wired. And it really leads back to the kind of hunter, gatherer, nurturer roles that um, humans were built to play. So women are the mothers, and so they take on the more nurturing role. And because they have to prioritize all of these little humans over, Mm -hmm. say, themselves, they are able to split their attention a little bit more. Now, you still have to kind of have one main focus. You can't multitask efficiently and be actually giving both tasks 100%. There's, mm-hmm. going, to be, there's going to be one that's getting a little bit less. You know, you might, you might burn that, that grilled cheese a little bit because you were more worried about, you know, pulling the kids apart from having a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just the way it is. But men, men are very logic-based mm-hmm. and solution-based. And so... For them to split their attention, it makes it less effective for them to get to the quickest solution for the task at hand. So not everyone can multitask well. That's really the short of it. Mm-hmm. 
It absolutely is a thing. Okay. But when you're multitasking, you are never giving each item 100% of your attention. Yeah. So that's usually when people say multitasking isn't a thing. That's typically the fact they bring up is that no, because you're splitting your attention, you're not giving it the best effort you can. Yeah. I finally remember what the name of that show was that specifically. It's the show called Brain Games that was on National Geographic. And basically the series was about your brain and kind of the tackling on these different things of like, you know, who's the better sex, male or female, or dealing stuff like with multitasking. So right, that was right. That it's was, about how you activate your brain. Yeah. And I remember specifically there in the multitasking episode, they put someone who I think was from Sweden through a series of trials because he claimed to be multitasker, like extraordinaire. He always has his headphones in. He was always on a call, always like on his computer, always answering emails, like doing it all. And so they put him through a series of tests that have required multitasking, like driving while talking on the phone while stuff was being thrown at the car. (laughs) Yeah, no, they threw stuff at the car and then also driving in a simulation where he had to memorize a word uh, sequence after answering each question and he failed miserably. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, like they say, it's, you can't multitask and be 100% at all. Like, yeah. It is possible to multitask, but the thing is, is that the more things we are splitting our attention between, the less effective you are. So if yeah. you're multitasking by doing two things at once, say driving and listening to music, you're only splitting your attention, you know, on between two things. So usually you can do those two things pretty effectively. We all know that friend though, who should not be listening to music in the car because they get way too into the music and the priority there has to be the driving because of safety. Mm -hmm. Like music has to take the secondary seat. But then imagine once you start splitting that attention up into more and more things, Those percentages that you're able to give each task are getting diluted more and more and more. And so not only are you not going to be as effective at them, it's harder to actually get to the point of being able to complete those tasks. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sorry, I'm just thinking back in my previous actions of me claiming I have lots of work to do, yet I split it up and then I'm like... Yeah, I could have focused more there instead of split it up between my computer, music, and phone. And you know what, though? You're already ahead of the game when you recognize, hey, maybe I could have gotten this done if I had just buckled down and cut out all the distractions. Mm -hmm. You know, when your mom comes in, you're a teenager, and you're trying to study while watching TV and listening to music, and she tells you to turn everything off, like, there's a reason behind it. Because she wants you to do well in school. She wants you to give your 100% focus to that homework or studying at hand. Yeah. No, it's just, it's it's also ironic because when I was younger, I used to be able to study in silence. Even even though I've talked about my APD and how I can get distracted by noises, I was able to study in silence and that's normally how I would do it. And then as I casually got older, I got more into music and TV and then sort of diluted my attention. Right. It's just the evolution of our society. So those are my two main things, cell phone games and television. So some of the other negative ways that that affects my life and my growth is I use them as a way to escape doing something sometimes. So I'm hesitant to do things that I am not good at or that I'm out of practice at 
um, we already talked about or that require me to turn off some of my screens to do. Like I haven't been playing, say, my Xbox because then that means I can't watch TV at the same time mm-hmm. unless I get a second TV, which my friends totally do have that. They have one TV above the other so we can watch TV while we're playing video games. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that is not the kind of strategy, though, that we are going to be discussing to no. overcome our overstimulation. No, no, no. So, but that... I will decide to just sit there and play games on my phone instead of doing these things. So, for example, I play multiple instruments. I've been really focusing on piano lately. I am less likely at night to pick up my guitar for that same reason because since I am not as good at it, it takes more effort and I won't get as an immediate a satisfaction. When I sit down at the piano, if I'm not feeling that great and I don't feel like doing anything challenging... There are dozens of songs I can pick up that I can just play through. And it's that gratification is like, oh, that's nice. Like, oh, I did a good job on that. With the guitar, it's not that easy. So I'm more reticent to pick up the guitar. But that goes to what we were just talking about in the research Mm -hmm. that um, when we were talking about that instant gratification that we have all gotten used to as a society. Yeah. So sometimes I use media and... That, you know, I'm using it to escape doing things that are a little harder, you know, or that I, that I don't feel as comfortable doing. And the other thing for me that I, I end up staying up like at least a half an hour too late at night playing games on my phone and watching TV. And part of that comes from the idea that as soon as I go to bed, the day is over. And then when I wake up, it's time to get back to work. So to me, it's like the moment I go to bed, that's the end of me time. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's not my time anymore until the end of the day. Interesting. I, so it's like me trying to stretch out my personal time. I, I never knew that. I didn't I didn't even think about it that way. That's that's really interesting, Amy. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of the issues that I struggle with. Because <laughs> I'm actually not a night owl, but I would like force myself to stay awake an extra like two hours to watch another couple of episodes because I'm like, no, I don't want to give up on my me time. And that's what it feels like because I'm like, no, because when I get up in the morning then I have all this stuff I've got to do and my time is somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very, that's very, Wow. Sorry, I'm like so thrown off guard just a little right? bit because you're like, so you know, working. Yeah. I've laid my overstimulation out on the table. Yeah. It's time for you to lay out yours. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we talked a little bit of how I have my morning routine of the two or three screens. I probably could just only use one or two. But again, with me doing that, I feel like I am sort of relaxing, but also... With the cell phone games, um, I'm particularly right now obsessed with the Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery. I'm a Harry Potter fan. Deal with it. Uh, so I, when I play it on my game, I, I've, it's like something to accomplish with. And then with the Xbox going on, it's like, you know, providing that little like boost up, wake up for the day and kind of like progress this forward and kind of help me wake up. But at the same time, I guess what you were talking about earlier, prolong having to really do anything. Because when you were talking about that, I definitely related a lot and how when I'm working, if there's something that I am stressed out about, or I don't know how to do it, or I don't know, know where to go with it, and I'm very insecure about it, I will delay it with trying to relaxing my mind with playing a game on my phone or using social media to kind of distract myself with that. But 
Um, but it definitely is, can be ineffective because then I spend my time on my phone, which I think is my weakest point, um, when I'm doing work, because if my phone is up and the screen is there, then I will be, I will be, um, focusing on that more. And that will be more distracting than focusing on what's on my laptop and not my computer, which is where my actual work is. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's where kind of my overstimulation is. is My phone's definitely my weakest point too, because it's like, I can watch the TV from my desk. And I often have my phone there too, plugged in, but my phone actually only really distracts me when I'm on my bed. Mm-hmm. And then I realize, crap, it's been a half an hour and I still haven't moved out of bed. <laughs> like, this is a problem. Yep. That's my morning too, where I will be the first thing I scroll through my phone and kind of you know, do that. But I'm trying to get better. So yeah, but that my overstimulation is kind of the same thing of like, if when I'm doing work, um, I don't know what to do. I'll go on my phone, but, but I'm now trying to be more proactive on flipping my phone down and putting it on silent or do not disturb. So that way I can only focus what's on the laptop and on the screen. Whenever I'm with others, I typically flip my phone over so I can't see it. So if a notification comes through, I'm not immediately drawn to it. Um, part of that is mostly just because, um, I feel like it's rude. And so I want to help prevent me from being rude Agreed. while I'm like in a conversation with somebody else. Yeah, I totally agree 100%. But that's also why I have specific ringtones for certain people. So like when they send me a notification, I know by the notification sound if that is somebody that I should probably check. And if it they don't have their own special notification, they can probably wait till later. Yeah, no, that's very clever. That's very clever to do that. Um, I think another overstimulation thing that I do... I would say music, but I think what's even bigger for me is YouTube or like street or online streaming because it's such easy access. And as Amy's commented a lot before, I'm a millennial. I go on my YouTube to get my entertainment that's better than reality TV. And yeah. And then there are sometimes I will go into these, um, you end up in a YouTube black hole though. That's that's, that's what I was going to get into. I sometimes get into a black hole where I'm either going through an entire playlist that someone is either doing a series or like a video game through, like I will listen to like Markiplier or Game Grumps, Jacksepticeye, those people. Yeah. See, I think what helps prevent me getting into the YouTube black hole is because YouTube would definitely get in the way of me being able to multitask at all. So the only time like I end up in the YouTube black hole is after my workout because I watch my workouts on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after that, while I'm getting ready, I'll end up watching a bunch of other YouTube videos. Yeah. But like I have a friend who, while he's at work, he watches YouTube videos while he's waiting for his computer to process. Mm-hmm. And so he'll send me all these videos to watch and it'll be like two or three weeks before I get around to watching them. Because the problem I find with YouTube, it's... I have to pay attention to the whole damn video. Yeah. Because it's not like watching, if I'm watching a sitcom, so say I'm watching Friends or Seinfeld, I can kind of go in and out on paying attention to it without really missing much. You know, I'll be able to catch a few funny jokes. I'll still have a general idea of the storyline for the episode, but YouTube, it's short form. So it's like, you know, we're talking like five to seven minute videos. Mm. And so if I glance away for 30 seconds, that's such a large part of the video, I have to rewind because I don't know what just happened. Yeah. But the second part of that is that not only will I watch new stuff, I will go back and rewatch old stuff a lot. Like sometimes I will go into these fits where there are times when I don't really start new shows or watch new movies because I would have to 
focus my whole attention. So I go back to something I know. So sometimes when I'm working, I can like have it playing, but I don't focus on it because I just listen for the funny parts. But it's still not good. It's still not good because I still want to be able to listen and watch at the same time. But That's one thing I do like about podcasts is I don't have to watch. I can just listen. (laughs) And so – but if I'm listening to the podcast – I'm not also going to be watching TV because that I would not be able to follow both storylines. So I find that if I listen to podcasts at home, um, I will have the TV turned off. Mm -hmm. And so then it's a lot less media that I'm consuming as I'm trying to do work. Yeah. But I feel like it could be just me specifically, but if it's anything new, like even a podcast or new music or a new show, I feel like I need to focus my whole attention on it to be able to get all the information that I need specifically. Mm -hmm. So sometimes with songs or YouTube or maybe even old podcasts that I've listened to before, I'll throw the old ones on because that way I'll have that stimulation, but I don't have to completely focus on it. I Mm -hmm. just need to know the funny parts, but that's not a crutch I should use while doing work and all that because I should be focused and be okay with not being bored when it gets there. Um, Directionally Challenged um, is a podcast that uh, you actually recommended me listening to. Yeah. So Directionally Challenged is a podcast held by Kayla and Candice. They are two actresses from The Vampire Diaries. I actually worked with Kayla on a film um, right before her podcast launched. So I knew about it and I was like, oh my God, I listen to podcasts all the time. So I was like, ready this week it came out I was ready to download and I turned you on to it because I was trying to convince Chelsea like hey like I know somebody who podcasts like we can do this like we can make that thing we've discussed a reality I basically was a noob and was like I I don't know about podcasting I've never done it she's like girl just listen to this get this as an example you'll be fine right but yeah no the first two episodes they were going over texting and social media addiction, sort of like that kind of overstimulation. And I remember specifically, I don't know if this name is right. I think it was uh, Manos. No, I'm not going to get this name right. (laughs) They had this um, writer, I think also like psychologist and host of her own podcast, um, just like even Skype in for their show. And she was talking a lot about this um, interesting fact of how when we're bored, when we get bored, if we stay in that boredom for long enough, we will venture into unique creativity or unique ideas will come to us without us even knowing. Right. By having all the media and instant gratification at our fingertips, we lose that ability to go into that boredom and maybe start creating new ideas or think of new things and new projects and things to do in a way to be proactive to get out of that boredom. I mean, just think about when you're a kid, you know, if you have the choice between watching TV and playing with a box, you're going to pick the TV. But if all you've got is the box, next thing you know, it is a house. It is a spaceship. It is... A portal to another dimension. Like you come up with so many ways to use it. Exactly. One of my favorite games as a kid was called Tales of the Crystals. It came with an audio cassette that had all all of the different stories and challenges on it. And so you would get your friends together and you guys would each take a role in it. And um, 
You would listen to the audio cassette telling you the story and it would send you on an adventure. And so it would tell you that you had to go to the, you know, magic swamp or whatever to save the princess from drowning. And then when you were done with that, then you would come back to listen to the next part of the adventure and get your next task to do. (laughs) And it was so much fun. It sounds like so much fun and so adorable of a thing. <laughs> if I can't get the kids I work with to play that game, I'm pretty sure they would all revolt and decide to ignore me for the rest of the day. Exactly. We lose that as we get older or we have more of the access to what's in our hands or what's right. in front of our screens. And, you know, we're content creators, so we're not against all of the content. Yeah, no, it's not just at all. about the overconsumption. If we overconsume, that content becomes less and less special. So I told you that there was light at the end of the tunnel. We just had to get through the muck first. Yes, there was a lot of muck. We've gotten through the muck. A lot we of sloshing around. We have laid our overstimulation out on the table. Mm-hmm. All of our cards or screens as they were are bare. Now it's time to talk strategies. Yes, strategy. <laughs> How are we going to overcome our overstimulation? Yep. Um, we can talk about some things that we're already putting into action, mm-hmm. and then let's come up with a goal for ourselves of how we're going to work on our overstimulation issues. I like it. So strategies for me. Um, like I said, if I listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. um, I am more likely, I am less likely to be consuming multiple types of media. Mm-hmm. So that's one strategy that helps me sometimes when I'm working. It depends on what kind of work I'm doing yeah. at the time. Um, I turn my phone on Do Not Disturb from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. And the there is a there's a way you can do it also where you have a favorites list. So if they text or call through, it comes through. So you won't miss like emergency calls. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely certain bosses I have who are on my favorites list. Like the parents of the kids, they're on my favorites list because if there's an emergency with the kids, I need to know. But then there are other bosses on other projects that are not on that favorites list because guess what? Their emergency, it's not an emergency. It can wait until the next work day just because they're laying in bed and they're like, oh, I have to ask Amy this. Do they really need to ask me it right then? Probably not. Do I really need to break away and answer it right now? Probably not. So I have to say I have slept better and found more time for myself um, for the past you know year that I have been using my do not disturb mode, which you're also using when you're trying to write. Yeah, yeah. I so, use it a lot. Guys, if you are not familiar with do not disturb on your phone, get familiar with it. It's a lifesaver. No, it, it really is very helpful. It yeah, really is. For sure. My other strategy that I have been kind of instituting mm-hmm. is change, you know, goes kind of along with the podcast thing about changing what kind of a media I consume when. During the week, I typically only watch television that I do not have to pay 100% attention to. I don't watch movies that I haven't seen before. I typically watch sitcoms. So things like Friends and Seinfeld, like I mentioned before, that I've probably already seen or that don't require me to be 100% paying attention to it. Uh, Serials like Law and Order. I watch a lot of Law and Order. Law and order. Uh, and <laughs> Say that five times fast. Law, law and, and order, order. Law and order. Law and order. And, <laughs> and I watch game shows. 
one of the things I love about watching game shows is that, so I love trivia. Absolutely love trivia. You know, you've heard the stories about me and my family playing trivia. Yes. And our ultimate trivial pursuit game that we made. And <laughs> So what I like about trivia is I find that, so if I want the TV on, but I feel like I need a little bit more motivation on getting my day going, trivia I feel like activates my brain. Because even if I'm hearing it in the background, I'm automatically trying to find the answers to the questions they're posing. So I feel like I'm using more of my brain cells. I'm activating them. So those are what I watch during the week. Mm -hmm. Now, why I watch Sex Education on Sunday and watch the whole season Mm -hmm. is because my deal with myself is that on the weekends, I can binge watch whatever I want. Because on the weekends, even if I'm working, I'm typically not working set hours. So I'm usually working from home and it's more relaxed. I kind of do a little here, a little there. Um, like, so, cause I still want to get some stuff done, but I need to have me time too. So usually the weekend, Friday night, I'll usually pick whatever TV series it is that I want to binge watch, or I'll come up with three or four movies I want to watch over the weekend, or I'll go to the movies. So that's the chance that I have to really focus in more on the stuff that I'm watching so I can fully experience it. So what strategies are you already employing to help? kind of combat the overstimulation. Yeah. Um, so one is already mentioned. I put it on, as you discussed, do not disturb. It actually has helped me a lot for not focusing on work. I actually um, put, will flip my phone down and not look at it and make sure that it's not vibrating or anything because I will find that if it's up the screens in front of me, I get easily distracted. So I flip it down. I make sure that it's not using – like I don't even – when I am doing work on my computer, I have, you know, wireless buds or headphones that will connect to both my laptop and my iPhone. I make sure it's not connected with my iPhone whatsoever. So that way I don't get those distractions at me. Well, not at me, but I don't get those distractions. So I don't have... They're not coming to your ears. And so until yeah. you flip your phone over, you won't know you have those notifications. Exactly. So it basically won't distract me or have me have the urge to look at my phone more. Right. Yeah. And then last week, I think it was, you mentioned Noisily. Yeah. Noisily was the app that I, is a Chrome app that you can get for free, um, basically creating a bunch of different noises to your preference preference, so that you can relax, study, focus on productivity, whatever you want. So I've been using that at times when I'm editing or doing research. So that way I have something going on in the background. So it distracts me from maybe what's going on outside or the refrigerator. Right. Or I think that's like similar to me watching my sitcoms and serials mm-hmm. during the day. It's going on in the background, but I don't really need to be paying attention. Exactly. So it's there and kind of is audio stimulating, but it's not distracting me too much. You can adjust how loud, how soft it is mm-hmm. when you're doing your work. Oh, and I also just found on my, if you have an iPhone, I think it's part of their new update where you can set um, screen time for however you want, however long they you want for your, update that. Yeah, yeah. for your apps, specifically if it's for games, if it's for social media, if it's for entertainment, you can set those limits. So that way it will let you know when you're close to the end and that you should probably stop. Otherwise, it will kind of shut it off for you. I'm still testing See, it I out. I told you we're at a tipping point. They're realizing that they're already trying to find, you know, different tools to help us manage our own overstimulation with all of the media. I mean, you know, the, you've mentioned like three different things that they do now mm-hmm. to help us manage it ourselves. Exactly. It's becoming 
more noticed. So that way they're helping us while still using their products, not go jump off into the deep end of right. a black hole of anxiety and not knowing what to do with all the media. And yeah, and not get, <laughs> and not getting anything accomplished. Exactly. Because <laughs> if we all just sat at home and stared at our screens, pretty soon there'd be no content for us to view on our screens because nobody would be working creating that content. Okay, <laughs> exactly. so do you have any additional goals to help you manage the, your overstimulation? Um. Um, do you, do you have any recommendations or a challenge for me perhaps? Cause I might, I might well, need that. You and I could both do the same thing cause I have a goal. Okay. My goal is, um, I want to set a time each evening to turn off my phone and my television and do something different. Now, if that something different happens to be playing my Xbox, that's okay, because since I haven't been utilizing my game systems, that would be doing something different. I was actually going to suggest that instead of watching like your show through your Xbox, turn that section off so you can actually play on your Xbox, play video games. Exactly. 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 I was going to suggest so, you do that anyway. <laughs> right, because you know I've mentioned before that as soon as I get home, I walk the dog, I eat dinner, and then I play the piano for half an hour to an hour. So that is time away from my phone. My phone's usually charging from the day and my TV is off. I need to build in some additional time that's separate from my piano time and my normal evening routine to do something else, whether that's play guitar, play video games, um, to work on another project that I haven't given any attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if I don't want to make it evening, this can kind of relate to my health and wellness goals because uh-huh. I have an alert on my phone telling me to do ballet every morning at 9 a.m. I told you I only did ballet once on vacation. I have not done it since I got back. So I have ignored every single one of those notifications for the past 30 days. Amy, what are you doing? So... Get back on that. Come on. And that is going to lead into what my mini goal is for this week. So I'm going to kind of combine our topic of overstimulation with my health and wellness goal in my challenge goal this week. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. Speaking (laughs) of, Mm -hmm. do we want to go into our challenge and then we'll end with a little hashtag hunt? Sounds like a plan. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So since we're on the topic, I'll say that my challenge for this week is to get up every day and do my ballet bar exercises. (laughs) Yes. As long as I can do like five out of the next seven days, that's a win. Mm -hmm. So that is my goal for this week. Mm -hmm. Do you know already what you're going to do for your goal? I'm creating this on the spot, but I'm thinking of my goal right now. When you were talking about piano, Mm -hmm. I was thinking the opposite of me with guitar. Like actually playing guitar, there are songs that will just come easily to me rather than playing the piano. But I think my goal this week, what I want to do is maybe end my night with playing music, playing guitar, playing on the piano. So that way, because I do love, I'm better at guitar than I am with piano. And I love doing it, but there are definitely times where you've mentioned it before. I'm just so overstimulated. I'm just 
blah. I just yeah. It gets hard to pick up the guitar. It gets yeah. It gets hard to focus and actually learn new music and right. get into it. But when you get into it, it's like okay. Okay, I get the hang of this. I I remember how this goes. I'm actually having fun, <laughs> especially when it's your own iteration of a song or a cover. I'm not going to create my own song anytime soon. No, I have no chops for that whatsoever. Okay, so your goal is half hour of guitar a day? Yeah. Because that's like, that's manageable. That's not a huge chunk of time. And you know, some days if you're really getting into it, you'll spend an hour. But at least if you're trying to set aside a half an hour at the end mm-hmm. of your day. Yeah. Exactly. I think it'll be interesting when we come back to see how we both feel if we've stuck to these goals. Exactly. And then really, really quick, we don't have to go into it too deep, but for last week, the goals for challenges, how about your end? Um, I succeeded. Mm -hmm. So by the time this airs, because Chelsea actually, I asked her to help me. I said, there's no way I'm going to get this done by myself. (laughs) Um, So Chelsea was kind enough to edit a trailer for my short film, Playground Politics. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be um, up on my website. And there will also be a link to purchasing the educational materials along with the full film up on my website. Woohoo! You can see the link to it in the comments for this episode. Ooh, fancy. But yes, I completed... All of the educational materials, they are ready for posting and they will be shortly. Now that I saw Chelsea today, I was able to get some media from her and she Mm -hmm. helped me with some technical issues I was having on my end. So everything's ready. And by the time you hear this, it will be on the website. Yeah. And I was able to watch the entire film and in a way review it. I mean, I haven't told you my thoughts on it yet, but No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You guys are getting to hear live on the air. <laughs> well, I mean, because because well, one, it was how long ago was it filmed? It was filmed uh 2012? 20 Okay, so not that long ago. Yeah, it's it's like 6 years old. Yeah. But um. it definitely um <laughs> I don't know if it's just me or just being a stickler for like on the nose dialogue, but it's definitely there. But of course this is educational material. It's and that's about that, really yeah. why a lot of the dialogue is very on the nose and yeah. not um subtle. Yeah. Is because it's meant to be used as an educational piece. And I definitely say that it is. It's a very unique way, especially with <laughs> especially with the president taking over power and the girls are like that's not how that's supposed to go you're supposed to do this (laughs) to our listeners who have no idea what my short film is about it's called playground politics i did this piece in college and it was a combined project for both one of my film classes and for my poli sci class so it is about miss hammond's fourth grade class is learning about the three branches of government And so to teach them more about it, she assigns them each a role in one of the three branches and gives them some exercises to complete. Well, the kids take those roles out onto the playground and it takes... It takes a turn. It takes a big turn (laughs) on the playground. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a way to um, approach two different topics at once. So that's why I have two completely different lesson plans. We have a lesson plan that's all about the three branches of government Mm -hmm. and a lesson plan that is all about bullying. I think this film definitely has both of those. I feel like it leans a little bit more on the branches of government than the bullying, but the bullying is there. I feel with me because, you know, I've been bullied, I've experienced bullying, and I've seen a lot of films where the bullying is more aggressive and more... Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, for me... It was about being able to 
start a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted this to have more than one use. So it shows value to the teacher. Like when she purchases this program, she doesn't just get one lesson plan, she gets two. And since bullying is such an important social issue to work with kids on, that as long as you, as I was giving them a jumping off point to the conversation, I was happy with that. But there are definitely films out there that um, take a look at that much more effectively. Yeah. But you still did a nice balance between the both. It definitely has two lessons instead of one. So I think anybody who watches and wants to use it for their own education purposes to show their kids, I think they'll get their money's worth for sure. So, Well, thank you. I think you did a good job. So, And what about your challenge? Well, I, it was reviewing your thing, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. My well, bad, yeah, my but bad. Also- but that does bring up a point. Last week, I lost because I, I did not complete my challenge. And so Chelsea yes. did assign me a movie, and we actually watched it together with Reggie the dog. Yes, we did. <laughs> so we watched Eighth Grade. And let's oh, yes. spend a few minutes talking about this. Let's, be, let's try not to get crazy because no. it is really easy to talk a lot about this movie. It is, very much so. But I will say, as soon as we got in here to record the episode and we were talking about how we're going to talk about the information and how the format was going to go, I was thinking in my mind, dang, eighth grade fits into this a lot. Right? I feel like this movie was totally perfect for this particular week's episode. Yes. So... If you haven't seen 8th Grade, totally see it. It Mm -hmm. um, is currently available for rental on all of the major streaming platforms for the ones that charge for a daily rental. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, because, of course, the main character, she's in 8th grade. It's near the end of her 8th grade year. So like all of us today, not just kids, but apparently all of us with the adults at 11 hours a day of screen time... (laughs) um, She's, they're all about their social media. They're all about their phones. The first half an hour of this movie, I lost all faith in today's generation. (laughs) Oh my God. I wanted to rip my hair out because as much as I consume media and use my phone, watching them just like hurt my soul. No. Yeah. It's like. Like that, oh, there's a scene with her in the car with her dad. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the thing is, it's like I work with kids. And so sometimes we think it's, oh, it's it's just them, you know, because of their challenges or because of the way they were brought up. No, that movie showed me it's all kids today. I'm not crazy. <laughs> They're all just obsessed with their phones and don't want to talk to other human beings and are just rude little fuckers. Amy's losing her faith in humanity, basically. <laughs> Seriously made me question the future of our planet. No. And it, our yeah. and our species. I mean, yeah, it the first the first 30 minutes, uh, my big thing that I remember specifically was the music. It was not well balanced, but I know that was the purpose of the film to kind of like get us overstimulated and kind of get into the mind. Right, right. And it was just so like, just like every time she took out her headphones, the music would drop considerably. And then when she put them in, it would raise really big. Yeah. So it was purposeful and effective. Yeah. It did get better as after, when it got into the second act and the third act because that was when the main character started taking steps towards, um, you know, interacting with more people and kind of engaging in 
social conversations in person rather than on social media, which is what she'd been doing a lot beforehand. It definitely made the point of how much social media has taken, I don't want to say taken over, but it's just such a part of our society right now. It clearly, clearly makes that point. I recommend people watching it at least because it provides a deeper understanding of, you know, Generation Z or younger kids and their relationship with social media and kind of like working around it and involving that entire stigma. Yeah, and it definitely, you know, I mean, it proved a lot of things that I already kind of felt, but I hope it opens up a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked all throughout this episode about how we're all you know, we are all subject to the same overstimulation, but now we're raising an entire generation that has never had a life without the internet, without smartphones, without all of these ways to consume media. What was crazy is you remember when they were at the food court? Yeah. She, she's like at the food court at the mall with a couple of teenagers from the high school and, you know, they're four years older than her. They're about to graduate high school and he's already one of the guys is already saying that she is a different generation than him. It's a difference of four years. That's and not much. He asks her, he's like, Oh, well, when did you get Snapchat? And she got it in fifth grade. He's like, see, they're a totally different generation. Now, I felt like a crotchety old lady when I was watching this, and I'm like, stupid kids today. I'm like, this is what's wrong with kids today. But then that scene just proved to me how fast everything is moving and how quickly our world is changing that even, you know, in this situation, a four-year age difference was like a huge gap because of how much technology has changed our world in those four years. It's incredible. It's scary. It's amazing. And maybe even a little bit frightening in all honesty. It's It's that tipping point I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Always back to the tipping point. Is I it am, good? Is I it am. bad? Right, yeah, we're going to fall into, you know, 1984, you know, or we're going to... 1984, what? <laughs> George Orwell's 1984. Big Brother is watching you. We're already kind of there. Got it, okay. that media-wise, our whole world is going to either tip that direction okay. or to a much more like Blade Runner kind of direction. Got it. I haven't seen any of the Blade Runner movies. Have you ever or... watched Black Mirror? I have watched maybe one or two episodes, not okay, The second everything. episode of season one of Black Mirror is totally where I'm seeing our future going if we don't tip the other extreme. We're going to go to one extreme or the other. Is that the episode where there's a woman who is trying to get a lot of likes? Yes, so she can get on the singing competition. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what episode you're talking about. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't seen the full episode. Oh my God, you got to watch it. Okay. Especially after having this kind of a discussion. Yeah. I feel like that's (laughs) the perfect bookend to what this whole episode has been about. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, once the movie moved into act two and three, um, I was a lot more comfortable with it because it started Mm -hmm. to move into much more the typical coming of age kind of stories, the usual high school, you know, junior high experiences that even though media or the world has changed, these are still the same kinds of situations that Mm -hmm. we've all gone through growing up. Once it moved into that realm, 
I was better with it. Yeah. Um, I had some issues with the ending, but won't share that here. I think you and I have discussed that already yeah. offline. We've, we've discussed um, I know it. I've discussed it already with a couple of people. <laughs> um, yeah, we've discussed it amongst ourselves and, you know, those are our opinions and what we think about it. But Right, yeah. right. So we won't spoil anything here, but mm-hmm. it's definitely worth a watch and it will definitely give you a look at how technology has changed the way generations interact. All right, so we're going to end <laughs> with a little bit lighter note. Yes, please. With this week's hashtag hunt. How Yay. was hashtag hunt for you this week, Chelsea? Oh, <laughs> there were some funny ones here and there. It was a lot of people sort of, I don't want to say complaining, but they were talking about certain situations of where they felt they had a lot to deal with. And some like asking, does anybody else feel the same way that I do regarding this? Please let me know I'm not alone. Right. Like I got a lot of responses being like, yep, I do that too. I'm like, great. I was looking for a little bit more uh, meat on the bone than that. Yeah. I've had the same thing I posted. Right, right. And they were responding to that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, me too. I'm like, I would love a little bit more, but... (laughs) Right, right. That's okay. That's why we have hashtag hunt. Yeah. Uh, We definitely came across a lot of people hashtagging overstimulation when talking about being out in public with their kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we're going to skip those ones because guess what? Welcome to being a parent. It's chaos. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right. So this week on hashtag hunt, hashtag overstimulation. All right. Scariest moment ever. My phone rings, the house phone rings, and Spotify changes songs all at the exact same time. Ah. That's definitely one of those moments where it's like, it's almost like you're playing Twister and you're told that you need to have right hand on red, left hand on yellow, and right foot on green all at the same time. Like you're given all three of those colors at the same time. You're like, ah, ah, I don't know which part of my body to put down first. That just sounds like a normal day for me if I ever go at the bar at night and it's packed, crowded, and it's just... (laughs) There's, I hear the drink order over there. I hear the couple fighting on my right. I hear the TV over there. I hear like the loud, laughing, drunken people in the back. I'm try, I'm just trying to focus on my meal, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, I just laughed so much. So much English everywhere. <laughs> now, I don't know if maybe English is their second language or what? Or if it's someone who's just like super bad at grammar and they're just like hating life right now because they can't English. The uh, second one's more hilarious to me and that's right? the one I relate with more, <laughs> especially since I'm bad at grammar sometimes. <laughs> uh, why is there a TV yammering at me at the gas pump? Ah, <laughs> uh, I, yes. I hate the gas pumps that have the TV because at first I'm like, oh, kind of cool. I'll get to see some news while I pump my gas, except for they only play the same 30-second news clip over and over again. And guess what? It takes more than 30 seconds to pump gas. Yes, they do it over. It's just, stop. It's drilling in my brain. I don't need this infomercial right now. Right? Yes. Okay. Do others actually, do other actually autistic people feel physically ill, like have a migraine, nausea, et cetera, after overstimulation. I'm experiencing this after having been in an extremely noisy environment for eight hours. Thoughts? Oh my goodness. That was really interesting because that made me think of, you know, of course the kids that I work with, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they feel like that when they've been overstimulated because I feel like they overstimulate themselves. Mm -hmm. But it did remind me more of what you deal with without being able to filter out 
all of the noise. Yeah. I mean, people might ask me, what's it like to have APD? Honestly, I can't tell you because it's been with me for as long as I remember. I only know how I listen or how noises are around me. Right. You can't compare it to how they listen because you don't know what that sounds like. The only thing I can maybe relate to listening to normal people is that sometimes I'll cup behind my ears and like fold them so that way they're like little domes behind so that way I can focus on what's ahead of me Mm -hmm. rather than what's on the side and behind. That's like the closest I can get to. Otherwise, it's free for all. Free for all. Yeah. Ah, stop, stop. Hashtag overstimulation. Oh, right. I remember this. (laughs) This was in response to a poster, a post that included photos that had English proverbs in four languages on yep. each photo. So he was like reading this post with photos and had a proverb and he had to re- and he saw it there in four different languages and it was too much. Yeah, so it was one in English, one in French, one in Italian, one in Spanish and it was like each verse. I just saw the feed I was like, ah! <laughs> I related to what this person felt. Okay. And then this last one, which is the one that you sent me, I think oh, was yeah. my favorite, I think um, was a about. gift that says, my brain is like an internet browser. 17 tabs are open. Nine of them are not responding. Thousands of pop-ups. And where the fuck is that annoying music coming from? <laughs> Hashtag relatable. <laughs> right? That was by far my favorite. <laughs> so that was a fun hashtag hunt. If you want to be included in our hashtag hunt, make sure to use the hashtag for whatever the episode is or tweet it to us directly or post it on our Facebook wall. We love to hear from our listeners. Speaking of which, what is next week's? Well, since it, January is coming to a close, it is going into the month of February, which means it's the season of love, relationships, and more importantly, heartbreaks. So, <laughs> so we're going to be going into the theme of so all that So we're going to be kind of leaning more towards our relationship goals, mm-hmm. kind of a focus for the month of February. I'm so excited for this. Can't you tell by the sarcasm in my voice? She's so not excited. (laughs) But next episode, we will be talking uh, the hashtag can't get a date. So we'll be talking. Can't get a date. So we're going to be talking all about the dating landscape. How are you dating? Are you on apps? Are you meeting people, you know, in person? Like, what is everybody doing? No to all of those questions. Right. (laughs) Right. Hence, hashtag can't get a date. Oh, exactly. Or are you choosing not to date? Like, there's so many different ways to date. That's what we're going to be examining. We're going to be examining the different options out there to get out there and meet someone and start dating. And we're also going to examine what holds us back from starting to date. Oh, this could be a whole therapy session for me. (laughs) Sitting in the chair with a psychologist saying all the reasons why this doesn't work for me or why I don't do this. So (laughs) That's all right. I have a very close friend who two years in a row has ended up with her therapy session being on Valentine's Day. She's convinced it's because her therapist thinks that she's going to need like a life raft on Valentine's Day. I'm so, that's, that's so sad. <laughs> right? It's like, this girl's oh, no. a mess. We better book her for Valentine's Day. She's doing fine. <laughs> but, you know, we all get, you know, very self-critical when it comes to dating and relationships and trying to figure out why we're not in the relationship we want to be in. 
Yep, that's why I try to turn it off as much as possible so I don't get right? to that And stigma. so we're going to examine, why do we turn it off? <laughs> What's holding us back? A- ah, I'm just cringing thinking about talking about this. I'm really cringing right now. So if you have a story that you'd like to share with us or a strategy or a reason or your favorite dating app, please tell us all about it at Life Goals Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Also, at the end of the month, we're going to be, our main episode that we're going to end with is hashtag breakup. So I have somewhat my fair share. I know Amy has her somewhat fair share of breakup stories. If but we want to hear your crazy Yes. If you have any of them, please tweet or follow us again at our Facebook or Twitter, uh, Life Goals Pod, capital P-O-D, hashtag breakup, because we want to make sure that we're not alone. Right? And, you know, we can't get into some of the deep stories here, like the ones that changed your life or um, put you on a completely different path. But we do have some time during Hashtag Hunt to talk about some of the more hilarious ones. May not have been hilarious at the time, but you can look back on it and laugh now. Those are the ones we want to hear about. That's the positivity we're looking for, Amy. Got to be positive in this world. (laughs) You got to be your own cheerleader. No one else is going to do it for you. Very true. Very, very true, Amy. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Hope you're having a good day and looking forward to the next episode with you all. Thanks for joining us. This is Hashtag Life Life Goals. Goals.